Charles Rathman here from 4Construction Pros with another exciting edition of the Digging Deeper podcast with cat construction expert Lonnie Fritz. We're picking up where we left off on our last episode as he explains the connected job site, what it is, why it matters, and how CAT is delivering the connected job site experience with CAT Connect, 3D grade control, vision link, and CAT productivity. When we got done talking, I realized we had about twice the amount of stuff that would fit. But this stuff is golden, so I couldn't bear to leave it on the cutting room floor. When we left off, Lonnie was just addressing the role that equipment guidance technology has in the connected job site. So to the term guided, I really, it really navigates my mind or I gravitate towards, I should say, to 3D grade. Now, if we step a little bit past that, you know, beyond blade mount systems and now integrated systems and aftermarket systems, um, I look at the semi-autonomous features, those ease of use features um, that continue to help operators get to grade quicker um, if we stay with the theme of grade control. Um, you look at CAT 2D grade with assist, you know, you simply pull back on the stick in the boom and bucket of the hydraulic excavator and just um, right to grade. Um, to, to make those finish passes, to hit finish grade. We talked about safety previously. You know, we got 2D e-fence, whether it be e-wall, e-floor, e-ceiling um, on the e-swing, as well as e-cab avoidance. Um, back to motor graders with auto articulation, stable blade, um, dozers with auto carry, slope assist. These are all stepping stones. That's why we call them semi-autonomous features. They're taking away inputs the operator has to put in the machine to help them achieve grade, help them achieve compaction, to just operate the machine much easier. And those become the building blocks towards autonomy. You know, I like to say, Charles, we need to walk before we run. And when we look at connectivity and semi-autonomous features, these are the building blocks for autonomy. Yeah, yeah. And autonomy, we think the, the, of the sexy side of it, autonomous equipment rolling around on job sites. Uh, and yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll get there. But really, there are autonomous processes that can flow off the equipment, too. Like if you're capturing productivity data from the equipment, you know, are you seeing contractors begin to expose that to like uh, automate either in whole or in part, their application for payment to prepay. Yes, we did move X number of yards. Yeah, it's or, or yes, we did complete this milestone. We can tell because the equipment's telling us that it was done. Yeah, most definitely because again, it goes back to the depth of data we have today beyond where telematics started. So let's take for example payload. When you mentioned, you know. Um, being able to know what has been done. We start to look at the quantities completed, the work completed, and does that lead into invoicing for work? It may be just a guide primarily for comparing um, the actual uh, to the budgeted, you know, the, the actual work that we have completed to the budgeted side of things when we look at productivity. Um, but payload really lends itself down to the material type uh, all the cycle segmentation, but most importantly is the quantity of material moved. Um, you know, drones has been huge. They, they've really come on strong when we look at progress quantities. And that all goes back to connectivity. How are we connecting on the job site? How are we simply leveraging today's modern technology to help improve our operations, our workflows, understand where there may be some bottlenecks or challenges that we are not achieving 
um, our plan quantity. Plan is not coming out, um, you know, and progress and plan aren't synced up, I should say there. So um, definitely ways to leverage that data and uh, to just become smarter. Well, it, it, it's hard, though, to leverage the data or make it smart if you can't get it out of the application that Caterpillar provides. So one thing that's really impressed me and, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, going to carry water or like, you know, seeing anyone's praises unnecessarily, but Caterpillar early on opened its telematics platform so data could be consumed by their technologies. And the AAM standard for this came out in 2011. And then by 2016, you were the first original equipment manufacturer in this space to open your equipment management software platform to other equipment brands. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what that that does for contractors and maybe what's next for interoperability that can enable contractors to do more with the data that they're getting off that equipment? And to your sharing there, Charles, if we do go back um, some six years ago, you know, to 2016, Caterpillar is known for the big yellow iron. We all know that, you know, we're almost 100 years um, under our belt right now of success in bringing iron to the market. Um, but the important part is, what does that do for our customer? How can we best help the customer? And that's where we wanted to open up those gateways, if you will. And if we look at it now in, in today's uh, terminology, and we look at Vision Link, when we look at Vision Link's integration functionality, it allows data from the application programming interfaces or the, the spelling out of the acronym API feeds. We hear API, API, API. And those application programming interfaces uh, feeds that sourced um, information from multiple manufacturers' native telematics devices really to support telematics data integration across mixed fleets. Um, unfortunately, there's not too many 100% Caterpillar fleets out there. Um, some are very close, but uh, again, to your point, we want to open up those API feeds so we can give a solution um, to our customers um, where they have one telematics platform to monitor. Now, these API feeds, you know, they continue to propel growth and development in productivity modules. Something you and I've referenced, you know, getting beyond fuel and location of the machine and, and really building out to those uh, deeper, richer data um, to provide those operational transparencies, I like to call them, um, from the data that contractors are harvesting, you know, from those machines and job sites. And now I learned best by examples. So that's why I wanted to share a few examples here. And when we look at this data, again, expanding out to where we're at today and in, in the evolution of telematics, you know, we are providing data to the end user down to cycle segmentation. You know, if you look at um, articulated trucks and excavators, you know, on, on the truck material, you know, we can provide you rich data sets on not only the loading, but the hauling, the dumping, the return. You know, we can look at idle time, haul road analysis or haul route analysis. Um, geofence the loading and dumping zones. You know, why is that truck dumping outside the, the zone? So if we really have these zones tightened down around the material source and where that material is going, um, it also allows us then to, to harvest um, the outputs um, of that said data and drive those operational efficiencies. And we all know what the bottom line is, profitability. And that bottom line is what we're all trying to improve on, right? And if we can drive down unit cost, inherently we're going to increase our profit margins. 
before you even get to the field, though, the contractor might be using a class of software that we at, at for construction pros and iron pros refer to as field productivity software. That might be like your Sinar, your, your Rockin, uh, the tools that are used to you know, issue you know, job tickets to crews on site and then record what's been, what's been done. What types of things has CAT done to be able to talk to, to applications like that? that are, are used by the folks likely operating the equipment. Yeah, so interfacing is everything. You know, if we if we go back to grade control technology, you know what, regardless of the platform you may be using, you know, there's several different choices out there. Um, we try to open up our, our architecture, if you will, on the machines um, to play well with others and to uh, receive, um, whether it be digital design files, either be USB over the air, um, to really be able to take in those designs, which leads to the workflows and exactly what the uh, operator um, needs for information to empower them uh, to go to work. Now, the other part of that is when we look at um, when we look at the question and look at operational software, and that word field productivity comes you know jumping out at me. Um, one of the most recent products coming out of the walls of Caterpillar is what we call cat productivity. And it all focuses, Charles, around the connected site and really moving the needle, advancing the ball um, in helping customers um, understand what is and what isn't going on in their job site. So now cat productivity is, is brand agnostic, intentional, obviously, when we look back at mixed fleets, um, it is a cloud-based application scalable for any size of operation. You know, I get that question a lot is, well, what about the smaller business? What about those mid-sized businesses? We all talk about those huge companies, you know, it, what, what fits for them? Well, first and foremost, it's scalable for any size operation. If you have five machines and one of them is an excavator and three of the five are trucks, Cap productivity can definitely bring you you know, definite advantages to your site. Um, I like to say, you know, use that term again, and that's digital visualization. Whether it be your quarry, your sand and gravel, even your construction operations, that progress can be compared to the plan um, on a simple to read and interpret dashboards and tracking modules. So how this all works is CAT productivity is um, looking at CAT production measurements. Sometimes you hear that as CPM data, as well as the machine data and the job site data are all transmitted you know, from onboard CAT product link devices directly into this CAT productivity platform. Now that CAT productivity platform then is accessible, whether it be mobile, tablet, or desktop devices. And then here comes the output. We're looking at um, that tonnage that's moved looking at the associated fuel costs, machine hours, um, pulling payload data for analysis, really comparing back to production between shifts. Now, when we look at the other uh, second value driver, that's improving productivity. That's what we're all after, right? How do we, how do we get more, more work done? You know, construction's kind of been a little guilty of this, Charles, in the past is what I call scale factors. We just throw more equipment, bigger equipment at it, we're going to get more done doesn't mean we're going to be more efficient or even more profitable. So how do we really improve production effectively? Well, if again, we're receiving that information from the fleet, it allows us to review dashboards and detect and fix high idle time. Maybe redeploy machines based on hourly utilization or the lack of. 
and update and use data to determine, you know, optimum distances between cycle segments. So a lot being said there, but as we look at all that data coming off, it really helps us understand um, what is going on with our operation and maybe where some of those uh, opportunities are. And the third and final value driver of cap productivity, um, or at least a category is increasing profits, right? Just after safety, profits is, in, is very important as well. I always say I was never in it for the, uh, for the practice. We're in it to uh, obviously get paid for the work we do. Yeah, perhaps you can help me uh, and our audience envision what this looks like inside of a contracting organization. What, what kind of story or, com- you know, leaving out company names or any identifying information, can you think of that you know, would help folks see how this in fact works? Yeah. So again, if we if we start with the machine, we start with the process, you know, let's, we'll get out in the field. Let's take a uh, Corian aggregate um, setting, just a quarry, for example. If we have the loader connected, we have the hauling units or the trucks connected, we're looking at the payload coming off that loader. So that's the cap productivity measurement. Um, we're looking at the haul route. We're looking at cycle segmentation of load, haul, dump, return. All that information versus standing out there with stopwatches, clipboards, trying to see what's going on with our own two eyes, which is still very powerful in itself. Um, the machines, as they're going through those movements, those motions, completing the workflow, they're capturing every move that they're making and tying that to true material move in my example here. All that data is coming back onto whatever platform you choose, not even platform, but whatever device you choose to monitor the platform to simply compare the plan, what you'd set out to do versus the actual progress. If we're in the green or we're exceeding, that's fantastic. If we're not exceeding, maybe we have too high of a production target set that's just not achievable given the conditions. Maybe we need to look at our fleet. Maybe if we're not hitting the production we're needing, we need to make adjustments in our process or our setup of our job site. Yeah, that real-time information is critical. The term I've heard used is you don't want it to be like reading the newspaper where you can find out what happened, but only after it's much too late to have done anything about it. Uh, so with the massive amount of data that is coming off this equipment, I mean, when you've got a standard integration to uh, CAD productivity or another solution, the complexity is really kind of obscured from you. That's already done by you know, software architects and everything like that. But if you have a contract that has its own internal department and they want to access data off of their equipment to do various things with it, either decision support or, or you know, God knows what, they're very smart. What are some things that you think will help them understand how to separate the critical bits of data from the irrelevant many bits of data. Yeah. So again, we go back to a lot of data, critical bits of data, little pieces of data. And I tell you, working side by side with our customers and dealers, you know, some customers have went to the extent of bringing in data analysts on their payroll. Some are having our dealers analyze the vision link data for them, looking for those actionable items. But if we back up, if we turn the dial back a few clicks here, Charles, and we look at um, the way Caterpillar's intentionally set up our vision link platform, um, it's designed to separate out data by user preference categories. So if you look at it specifically, 
at a high level. Let's look at a hundred thousand feet view. Um, you get the unified fleet, pretty self-explanatory. It's the fleet, it's the machines, unified service, unified productivity, unified administrator. Those turn in the dials in the background. Um, if you're on the landfill side, we have unified landfill and then unified 3D productivity manager. So to all this data coming in, we're not just dumping it into one platform called Vision Link. We are, but there's something in there for everybody. So what hat do you wear? That is the unified platform that you go into and where that common information is going to be found. So each of these modules within VisionLink compartmentalizes, if you will, the appropriate data and the actual information for the contractor's connected assets. So it allows a contractor then to leverage the data of their equipment that's been generated by determining the information that best serves their business needs. Again, I go back and, and keep beating the table on location and fuel we know that there's increasing fuel prices. Maybe that's what you're really looking for. You know, it depends how fuel is trending as to, is that a real hot button right now in your estimating and bidding and, and trying to manage fuel burn and really maybe it's looking at idle time. You know, that's all gonna be in the unified fleet side of things uh, primarily. So it allows us to, again, you know, seek out opportunities for improvement. Maybe we're having too many um, um, catastrophic repairs. How about repair before failure? So let's leverage the data here and really look at those fault codes. Let's look at those alerts and act on them prior. Um, it really helps us um, leverage different intervals. Like I mentioned, um, the fault codes and measuring and monitoring idle time to determine why our machine um, has excessive idle time and implement change. You know, you hear various acceptable levels of idle time as a percent, you know. Um, I've had scary, scary numbers of contractors sharing 70 and 80% idle time for a particular machine or machines, and they didn't realize it until they pulled the curtain back after logging into the telematics uh, platform. So a lot of information shared there, Charles, but the, the key really is, is, is how do we take all that data? It's been quote unquote pre-sorted for you and then delve into the platforms and really look at what information is key? Um, what is it that you're looking for that you're responsible for? It's different per se for a project manager maybe than a fleet manager um, and what parts of the, the platform that they would be utilizing. Yeah, yeah. So before I let you go and you get back to you know, helping cat customers in, in real life as we know it, I, what I think it might help us to do is delve into what types of contractors should really be reaching out to you today or tomorrow to find out what you can do for them on this front. You mentioned the idea of like uh, uh, an excavator and some trucks as being a threshold, but you know what other type of guidance can we offer in terms of, well, gee, is this stuff for you? Should you be calling uh, you know, Lonnie on the phone or connecting up with them on LinkedIn right now? I can't think of a contractor that shouldn't be <laughs> serious about connecting their assets. <laughs> uh, your inbox is going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> Charles, I'll make sure it's forwarded to you. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, really, um, you know, every is a big word, but I sincerely mean that to each and every contractor that uh, is listening to this. Um, they really should take it serious about connecting their assets and really leveraging today's modern technologies for construction. 
I've touched on some other technologies, Charles, but it all at the end of the day starts rolling up um, under a variety of technology. And I'd be remiss if I didn't share, you know, some of the other ones that really will drive um, increased improvements and profitability. And so many of you out there today are leveraging these already. But if you look at grade control with the fewer passes, eliminate material runs, machine wear, driving down your fuel consumption, and overall increasing productivity and efficiency, um, right there with telematics, we're seeing, you know, grade is, is highly adopted by contractors. Payload is ever growing. I've referenced it many times. It is a pivotal, very critical part um, to cap productivity. And, um, you know, whether it's looking at minimizing cycle time, maximizing payload, um, and it's a very big uh, um, aspect of safety. If you're overloading a truck running next to my son or daughter's school bus, um, safety is going to be um, uh, very critical there. So, again, whether it be on-road or off-road trucks, maximizing loads, not overloading, and not underloading. Compaction technology, measurement of material stiffness. Um, very, very important to make sure we are hitting compaction targets with density and moisture. Um, we've talked a lot, a lot about Vision Link as much as anything here in, in this uh, podcast with telematics. And really, I'd just like to summarize that by saying it's a digital visualization of your business, digitally visualizing what is and what is not taking place. Detect is all about safety. Um, we have a, a group within Caterpillar. It's knocking it out of the park with object and personnel detection. Um, keeping those employees safe on the job site, creating those bells and whistles and alerts and alarms um, inside the operator station, inside the cab to make sure that um, we are not um, we are not uh, allowing individuals to get in harm's way. Command technology, whether it be line of sight or non-line of sight, that's Caterpillar's remote controlled machines. Again, ultimate in safety across a lot of our different products. Um, really bringing a lot of benefit, whether it's getting veterans um, to work that may be disabled, getting employees that um, are coming off an injury or recovering back in uh, at the controls a lot quicker without having to climb up into a machine, um, simply running multiple machines, multiple sites um, from a remote location if you're using the non-line of sight universal remote operating station. So again, Charles, a lot of information. There's so much out there. I always encourage customers, contractors to be aware. Be aware of what technology is, research it, try small and implement it into your businesses. See what the benefits are, what problem are you trying to solve, and then go from there. Yeah, it is a lot of information, but that's just one more reason that we should get back together and do this again very soon. So, you know, Lonnie, I've learned a lot. I know that our listeners will too. And I really appreciate all your help and look forward to our paths crossing again very soon, my friend. Thank you very much. On behalf of Caterpillar, thank you for having me. Anytime. Talk soon. Okay, this wraps up the second leg of our journey with Lonnie Fritz, talking about the connected job site and what CAT is doing to deliver this way of working to the construction industry. You can find out more by reaching out to your favorite CAT dealer or right here on 4constructionpros.com where we cover this stuff all the time. Thanks to Lonnie for spending the time with us and thanks to you for hanging out. Thanks for tuning in and please keep tuning in here to the Digging Deeper Podcast.